Today's TribCast is presented by ACC. RN to BSN programs at Community College offer nurses an affordable, high-quality option for continuing their education. Support a stronger pipeline and learn more at austincc.edu mbsn and the Texas Association of Business. Discrimination is risky business. Your voice matters. Tell your state official SB6 hurts Texas. Learn more at keeptxopen.org. Texas talking oh, What was that that you said? Texas talking oh, Gonna hoop upside your head Texas talking oh, Tell me who can you trust When Texas guys are Texas guys Hello, I'm Philip Huffines Candidate for Texas Senate District 8 And that's located in Dallas and Collin County And if you think the liberals are struggling to stop my brother in the Texas Senate well, just wait until we make them do a double take. Now, here's your host, Emily Ramshaw. Take it away, Emily. Thank you. This is Emily here with the TribCast for the third We're week of going April. One name only, Emily? Like Chero? I mean, they know me well enough by this point, don't you think? They know me well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, keep going. Would you like to introduce yourself? I would not. That was Evan. <laughs> Here with the TribCast for the third week of April, I'm joined by CEO and Whole Foods aficionado, Evan Smith. And Zoolander hater. Yeah, which is like the worst thing about I you. I don't know which is worse it's not about a good. You. It's not a good movie. You guys, come on. <laughs> Executive editor, Ross Ramsey. Howdy. What, Rush, Rushmore is a better movie than You don't Zoolander. have an opinion on Zoolander? Rushmore is a great movie. Huh? I said, you don't have an opinion on Zoolander? I like it. It's not my favorite. The old people don't my, like Zoolander. That's the theme of this podcast. And the infirm reporter, Alexa Ura. Hello. You look fine. Well, I think you're faking it. I'm not faking Fake it. news. Did you get a note from your moms to not come to work That's today? That's why I'm going to Laredo okay. before the hearing. And then, right. and then covering the legislature for about 47 hours or however it's gonna long. It's going to be great. A bathroom bill? Yes. Awesome. <laughs> well, we will talk about the bathroom bill shortly, and we will talk about the question that our Facebook commenters ask us every single week, which is, what's the latest on decriminalizing marijuana use? <laughs> We've got the same person Tell your husband us. to stop asking questions on Facebook. <laughs> its chances are the same as they were in December. Right. Uh, first, we're going to talk about the Texas Lyceum poll, because Evan loves to talk about polls. Oh, my God. I and love this, this one, poll. And this boo-boo <laughs> poll I, has I love, some... I love this poll. I mean, I... I, I I think this is a weird poll in the sense that I think the results may be detached from reality, unless maybe we're the crazy ones and everybody else is sane. I don't know. Kind of like the time your poll had Deborah Medina at the top. Oh, is it my poll? <laughs> what, what are you, passing by on 9th Street? My poll? <laughs> Seems to me that you run the newsroom, Missy. What do you mean, my poll? That was years ago. The message of this is it's Mark Miller's fault. Uh, right. That damn Mark Miller. Everything. All right. Evan, um, tell so us the about poll has two uh, it, it, it's a number of questions asked among them trump's approval rating in texas and a bunch of other stuff which and it, it's the second day of of polling that the lyceum is releasing yesterday a bunch of stuff related to immigration and the wall and all that kind of stuff included in the poll results today were trial heats of beto o'rourke and ted cruz mm -hmm. beto o'rourke is a declared candidate for the senate right and joaquin castro against ted cruz he is an undeclared but apparently thinking about it candidate for the senate Said he would have word at the end of the month. At the end of the month. And separately, there's a trial heat of Mike Collier, who ran for controller last time against Glenn Hager. 
as the Lyceum. There's a book there called Out of Control. It's like, oh my God, I like bad puns. Like Rob Eisler and I both like bad puns. Rob Eisler and I go, the worst pun of all time. Out of control. I would rather read Susan Combs' Bodice Ripper. Oh, right. She did have a bodice ripper. I right. forgot. How could you forget? Because it was written yeah. under a fake name. Copy in my office. Wasn't it? No, it was written under Susan Combs. All <laughs> right. It was, her I name was... I thought she did like it. No, straight up, straight up. Was yeah. not a Ramana Combs or nope. something? No, nope. <laughs> Susan Combs. All right, so back to the Lyceum poll. So, so the great thing about the Lyceum poll is in the press release with the poll, the Lyceum referred to Mike Collier by the elegant and uplifting and sexy adjective Houston area accountant. That's what they said. <laughs> Houston area accountant. By the way, Bobby, Houston area should be hyphenated because that's a compound adjective. I'm still back on your Donna Dukes problem. So <laughs> I, I haven't forgotten. So CEO you know, he, and copy editor in chief. He's on probation. You know this every day, actually. I know. So anyway, so the Collier Patrick trial heat has Collier ahead of Patrick. Margin of error. The virtual tie. Yeah. 27-25. We're both right. It still has him ahead. <laughs> right. And like more people have not thought about the race. Like 46%. Some right? massive number. Right. And in the Senate race, uh, it's Castro ahead of Cruz by like four points. I think 35-31. Right. And O'Rourke and Cruz tied 30-30. to Now, I like the Lyceum. I'm in the, a member of the Lyceum. The alumnus of the Lyceum. Ross. Ross is the alumnus of the Lyceum. You were the yeah, current worked, director worked, of the Lyceum. It worked when I had it. Alexa, one day, God willing. <laughs> I like she, the Lyceum. She lives. I like, <laughs> the, I mean, Lyce I like the Lyceum's pollsters. I know this. <laughs> yeah, we uh, have a strong, we bear a strong resemblance to those pollsters. Right. Two of their pollsters are among our three pollsters. Right. So it's basically a Texas <laughs> Tribune poll. <laughs> However. And I, I was one of the founders of the Lyceum poll. Like, so it's more than basically right, a right. Texas it's, Tribune poll. Yes. However. <laughs> it's a continuum. But this is a weird result. And it's, you know. You think? It's just not believable. It's one of those, you know, you look at it and you go. I believe that they said that. I believe that's what their sample was. I think their sample was probably at some odds with the voting electorate. You know, it's just not – that's not how people it vote. Took, it took Beto O'Rourke an El Paso second to have a fundraising email out saying, guess oh, sure. what? We're tied. <laughs> I was sure. like, why, why didn't it take you a half second? What like, were you waiting for? On the heels of his baseball fundraiser in Austin last weekend, did you see that? Well, he was out playing right field. Yep. One of the few lawmakers who could probably wear a baseball he uniform and get uniform. away with it. What does yeah. that have to do? He was playing right field? He should play in left field. Right. Oh, hilarious. <laughs> Ross started it. I was uh, A joke a worthy of Zoolander. Actually, the uh, best uh, joke uh, is the one that just came in on Facebook. We're back <laughs> We're back with the comptroller jokes. His book should have been titled Straight Out a Comp Troll. <laughs> oh, that's a great one. Stop Thank bad. you, Robert, whoever oh, you are. Man. Oh, that's a great joke. Yep. Good. Oh, we'll gosh. offer it up to him. I love that joke. We'll get him an autographed keep copy by Mike Collier. Keep him coming. We'll be here for 27 exactly. more minutes. Yeah, right. All right. So the big concern with this poll is just. Well, uh, the big concern with the poll is that it's like. Early, it's like. Way too many It was. The results were beamed down from the planet Lyceum. I mean, that's the problem with the so poll. So what is the deal? They, it's a poll of adults and not of registered voters or not of likely voters. The, the, look. Obviously, the screen was. He weird. didn't actually if look you, at that. If you don't read anything. If you ask people on the street. Mike Collier and Dan Patrick. They Patrick, did ask they would, people they would, on the street. That's oh, right. what the poll is. Right, that's the problem. The guy who looks like Childish Gambino wrapped in a blanket outside of our building may have been polled in this poll, right? You're on your own. Oh, Do you know that guy? Oh, He's homeless. <laughs> Leave him alone. I, I love that guy. 
All right. He, like, looks like, he looks like Childish Gambino. This is like watching Spicy Time. <laughs> My other no, favorite then. Facebook comment from the day is from a gentleman named John who says only, you all need church. <laughs> Where you been, man? I think it's too late totally for that. Agree. Ross no, already has so, it. So he, Ross is like a deacon or something. So, uh, so <laughs> That's not a joke. No. no you're, not, you're not a deacon. No. So bad. So Save the Episcopalians. <laughs> right. Retract that statement. I, I think the issue with this poll more than any other issue is it's very, very early, right? It's right. very early to be polling. Well, you know, if, if you were polling and you were actually and you actually had a lock on who was going to vote in this thing, even with that, you'd be, you know, you're dealing with, you know, most Texans don't know who most of their elected officials are. You know, even statewide officials have really low name ID. Even statewide officials who run for president. Even statewide officials who run for president. Right. And you look at these things, and a lot of times you look at them and you say, do I like name one or do I like name two? I don't really associate anything with them. And if you're in a poll where you don't say, would you, and I haven't looked at this question, but uh, did they say Republican Dan Patrick and Democrat Mike Collier, Republican Ted Cruz and Democrat? I'll get back if, to you If, on if that. you hang the flag on it, mm -hmm. then the only identifier maybe the flag and not the, the person holding the flag. So, you know, it's 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 fun to talk about and it's interesting, but I don't think it's an actual mm -hmm. indicator of how things are going right Even now. Even if they did likely voters, are we safe to assume that these midterm elections are going to include the likely voters we've seen before? It depends on how you screen for likely voters. Yeah, if you're right likely? about what a likely voter is, mm -hmm. then yeah, you're fine. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't know what the atmosphere is yet. You don't know. Right how people are going to regard Trump when they actually go to the polls. Is it a is it a good year for a presidential midterm? Is it a bad year for a presidential midterm? Nothing's said in this race. It's, you know. Let me answer Ross's question. I'm looking at the actual Lyceum poll questions. They did identify them as Republican and Democrat. Mm -hmm. Right. So in the 20, if the 2018 election for lieutenant governor were held today, would you vote for the Republican Dan Patrick, the Democrat Mike Collier, or haven't you thought enough about it? And that was 25 percent Patrick, 27 percent Collier, 46 percent. Haven't, haven't thought, thought enough about, about it. it. Right. That's right. a lot of folks who haven't thought enough right. about it. Cruising O'Rourke, 30-30, 37% haven't thought enough about it. Cruising Castro, Castro, 35%. Cruz, 31%. 31% haven't thought enough about it. Yeah, who's going to win the World Series? Nobody apparently, apparently more people haven't thought about O'Rourke versus Cruz <laughs> than haven't thought about Cruz versus Castro. All right, reminder, if you're tuning in on Facebook, like our own Patrick Svitek is right now, that you, can, that you can send questions our way. He is concerned that shots were fired at Donald Glover by virtue of the straight out of Comptroll reference. <laughs> that is such a Patrick response. What is he talking about? I don't know. Patrick, get your allergy. Oh, wait, aren't you at the house? No, he's at the allergist. Oh, the allergist, and then he'll be in the house. Right, right. All right. Maybe fine. there's a doctor of the house today who's an allergist. All right, Alexa, why don't you fill us in on the latest? Why don't on you the, save this? Why don't you? Svitek is at the allergist watching the Tribcast live. Are you surprised? Sick boy. <laughs> Speaking of sick people, Alexa, Alexa, who is ha borderline healthy enough to be on this Tribcast, is going to talk to us about the the House version of bathroom legislation that may be moving. So at some point tonight in many, many hours, the House State Affairs Committee is going to take up HB 2899 by Ron Simmons. And it's what is being called sort of the House's alternative to the bathroom bill. Unlike the Senate version, it doesn't focus on regulating bathrooms um, based on biological sex. Instead, it's focused on discrimination protections and basically bans uh, locals and school districts from passing any sort of uh, protections for specific classes of people that would end up regulating bathrooms. 
So it's basically the anti-local control bill for bathrooms? Yeah, you know, it's the, you know, the Senate version has a part of this that says you can't pass local ordinances that regulate bathrooms. This one's a little bit different in the way it comes at it because it's focused on the creation of protections. And the, the bathroom part of this is all in what we call public accommodation protections and basically says you can't create any classes beyond federal and state law. Well, there is no state law for this and federal law only protects four classes. And, you know, some places like Austin and Fort Worth have gone further than that and created classes based on age and veteran status in San Antonio. And so it's a little unclear what this bill would mean for that. And I think we'll hear from folks opposed to it because of some of those that possibility that it might mess up other parts of local ordinances during this hearing. So like what does it do in practice if I'm a transgender Texan and I'm trying to use a public restroom that matches my gender identity what does it mean? You would not have the right to do that and if you live in places like Austin and Fort Worth and San Antonio where today you have that right that will be gone. So Wait, you will not have the right. So it does, I mean, by that virtue, it would restrict. So it, so it would be yeah. illegal to use that bathroom? Yeah, I mean, it. it, in, it it's, while it goes at it in a different way, it has the same effect as some of these other bathrooms. It's, it's not protected, but is it illegal? It doesn't give you the, well, it's not. So that's part of the problem that people right. say, you know, it's you wouldn't be protected. You wouldn't have the right to use this. And it leaves open the door for locals to pass laws that says it's illegal for this to happen. That's part of the concern mm -hmm. of, because of the way it's written. So, so what, what is the thing about this bill as opposed to the Senate bill that got Greg Abbott off the fence? Well, you know, it doesn't have. He heard the words can't pass local ordinances and then he got excited about <laughs> or it. Or he what heard happened? the words Dallas Cowboys are not opposing this one. Yeah. Yes. Um, I don't know. I won't speak for the governor. But, you know, the difference is it doesn't. I wish the governor would speak for the governor. He did yesterday. Yesterday he Ish. did. I'd love to have a little bit more clarification on what happened exactly. Well, the House version doesn't have restrictions based on biological sex, which the Senate version has. And that same but restriction. But you make the point that the practical impact of it is going to be for people to be bound to their biological on, sex. On the local policy right? front, yes. Um, but I think that the biological sex distinction is key in this, at least it appears in terms of the governor's support, because that was in North Carolina's original bill, and that has since been repealed. So if you put the bill that the House is talking about on the floor of the House, and if the Senate really just wants, as Dan Patrick has said out loud, I just want to vote on this on the House, isn't there an amendment that says strike everything below the caption on the House bill and substitute SB6 and let's get a straight up House vote on what the Senate already voted on? Yeah. Why, why would the House let that? Why would the a speaker who's against this let that on the floor? Um, Maybe it won't get through calendars. That's one thing. I think the other thing is the way the Simmons bill was re it's, it's going to be rewritten because the original version as it stands is, is a little bit different and a little extreme. But the way it's going to be rewritten seems like they needed to write it based on discrimination protections because of the caption because the original caption is focused on discrimination, local discrimination protections. Right. And so it goes at it in a different way than the Senate version. I'm not sure that you could amend it and have all parts of that amendment be germane to the original caption but of the House. they might try. Yeah. Doesn't mean they won't try. Well, right? one, one question, maybe I should back it up and say one assumption has been that right. if the bathroom bill, the Senate's bathroom bill, managed to get onto the floor of the House, right. that it would be a tough political vote for Republican members who might not necessarily want to support it or might not necessarily be for it, right? Mm -hmm. or, but understand that not supporting it or being for it 
had a vote would be problematic for them politically. So that the chances of it passing may be greater than the chances of it passing if it were done in secret and people were injected with truth serum and they were able to act. Well, you know, the thought. supporters of the Senate bill say that if you put this on the floor of the House and you force those uh, those members to come to account, that they're going to have to go with their voters instead of with yeah. their business supporters. So, so and really, my, the tension here is between, you know, if I'm a Republican, I've got these business conservatives here, these, right. you know, voters over here. If they're not in harmony, I don't, I'm uncomfortable. Here's the question. So if the Senate bill, if it's Senate bill versus not Senate bill, that's one calculation. If the Simmons bill exists as an alternative to the Senate bill. Will the Senate support the Simmons bill? Well, two questions. First of all, will House members, given the option of amending the Simmons bill to basically be the Senate bill, would House members feel obligated to go with the Senate bill on the floor for the same political reasons? Or would they be able to say, politically, we're protected by supporting any bathroom bill. We don't like the Senate bill. We're going to stick with Simmons and not allow the Senate bill to become an amendment to the Simmons bill. That's the first question. Right. And then the second question is, would the Senate take the Simmons bill instead of nothing? And then, you know, what happens now that we have yet another study on the financial impact of a bill like this, including, you know... The, well, nothing happens because nobody wanted to hear the first study. I mean, well, they dismissed the validity of the first study, and presumably they're dismissing the validity of this study, right? I mean, this study is is Ray Perryman, right? Who, well, this study was done in... Who many of them have used right. for their I, own I think that was part of why right. they asked I mean, this, this is the, the San Antonio sort of convention and visitors folks hire Ray Perryman, who is, a, you know, a really highly regarded political economist to do their study, you know, and this study ends up showing like really dramatic economic impacts for the entire state. And it comes out of San Antonio, which, by the way, is Joe Strauss's, mm -hmm. you know, district. Right. I mean, I don't to me, I wonder if that plays any role in even, you know, keeping any version of this from getting through calendars. I mean, I think that the Strauss part of this is what we haven't talked about. Mm -hmm. One, that apparently his position hasn't changed when it comes to this. Right. And fact, two, that was a response to the Abbott response. Yesterday, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. and and I think you know part of this we had heard the speaker say well it would help for the governor to weigh in and now the governor has weighed in and so now you have this vote and you know I feel like in some ways you know Abbott's comment on this came on the same day that the NCAA reinstated games in, North Carolina. Games in North Carolina that's right. and so I, I don't know if that's a coincidence or not but you know now Abbott's saying this, and now in some ways he's giving him some, giving himself some cover so that if this dies, everyone can blame Joe Strauss. I have another question, which is, would the NCAA allow games, just as a question, mm -hmm. would the NCAA allow tournament games in Texas if the Simmons bill passed? Because they yes. seem to indicate they would not allow it to I, happen if the, Senate, if the Senate bill passed. I think they would because the Simmons bill is so similar to the North Carolina legislation, correct? It is and it isn't. It, the, the outcome is the same. The North Carolina bill, it, the original one was repealed and now it basically says no one can regulate bathrooms other than the state. I still the think they're going to have a hard time getting any of this to the floor of the House. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, Strauss you was... Do? Yeah, I think, you know, there was... You know, some indication yesterday that uh, the leadership of the House was misrepresented here a little bit as being for the Simmons bill mm -hmm. before Abbott jumped into this. Uh, as you said, who you misrepresented? Know, Wait, stop. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm, yeah. I'm not sure. But some of the lobbyists who were talking about this represented, you know, there's a deal in the works for this bill. There was a lot of talk about that. And then Strauss made it clear that he had not signed off on a thing like this. I think this is and, you know, have written this. This is kind of a protection racket. 
where the speaker is not going to put a bill on the floor that cuts the members up until the members give a clear indication that they want to vote on it. If you put either of these bills on Just the floor, like school choice. you're going to get you're going to get that bill. School choice, though, you know, they put it on the floor. They sent the message back to the right. Senate, and that <laughs> issue is kind of closed for the moment. Do, do you take Byron Cooks having a hearing on the Simmons bill as opposed to having a hearing on a Senate version of the bill as a sign that, from Byron Cooks' perspective, any logjam that may bottle up this bathroom bill is unlogjammed, at least for the time being? Right? The question was, was Cook going to smother this bill in committee? Now there's a hearing on the Simmons bill. That is not an act of smothering. Or is it that if there's no bill, it's not totally the House's fault? Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I sort of lean that way. They're going to give this a hearing. It still and needs to get voted out. Vote, it still has may, to go well, to Well, maybe they won't vote it out of committee. Right. Question from Jeff on Facebook. I heard the House committee didn't even feel very strongly about moving forward with this bill. Is that true? Um, I mean, we've received no indication, at least on the record, on that. But, uh, you know... Byron Cook is the one who set it for a hearing. It wouldn't be on today's calendar for that, or today's agenda if he hadn't been okay with at least hearing the version that's going to be presented in committee. You'll know in a couple hours. Yeah. Right. And a question from Monica. So what did transgender Texans do in Texas prior to the introduction of this legislation? Transgender Texans today go, you know, it, it depends on folks. I think we've we've talked to a lot of folks who have said some folks use the bathroom that matches their gender identity. Other folks avoid using public bathrooms altogether for, you know, the fear and anxiety that comes with that. And and it's I think it's a tricky thing for people to do, and it's not being made any easier as some of this is being considered, and, and that's what they've told us. And, you know, we've heard sort of horror stories of people, you know, women calling their husbands on people using the bathroom that under the policies that Republicans are presenting, you know, they'd be required to use. So it's it's pretty tricky, but I think folks are sort of, you know, handling this in private and, and not really. We've seen more stories, but it's already a tricky thing for people to do. Mm-hmm. And just a reminder, if you're tuning in on Facebook, you can shoot questions our way. Um, Ross, can you fill us in on what happened with the TABC this week in the aftermath of our also infirm colleague Jay Roots reporting? <laughs> We're uh, dropping like flies around yeah, here. Yeah, the um, director of the, I guess the executive director is her title, Sherry Cook, uh, said that she will retire, I think is the phrase she used. Um, <laughs> Closing which, time. Which yeah. came hours after the governor released yeah. a statement saying Often. they were glad she was resigning. Yeah. Uh, you know, she's quitting under heat. Uh, they, they did a bunch of travel on things that they shouldn't ought to have done and got caught and... Um, her support evaporated, and the governor called a change. I think oh my it's, God, that hearing though on Thursday. Yeah, the, the yes, hearing. Let's talk about that. Have you ever watched a committee hearing? That was the most awkward committee hearing. I have hearing. watched committee hearings, but I've typically watched them in pieces, right? And the reality is that in the case of this hearing, I couldn't take my eyes off of the. Th- I watched every second of it. I, t- I, I turned it on a few it. minutes late, and the very first thing I heard when I turned it on was Sarah Davis saying, "Now let's get back to this Las Vegas trip." <laughs> yeah, like that's not a great hearing. <laughs> I mean, the disdain in her voice throughout this hearing was basically like, "You did what?" <laughs> it was yeah, there were mariachis involved, and there were mariachis. Yeah, this is one of those things with the Texas legislature. Just as a side comment. They hate bad appearances more than they hate bad actions. Mm-hmm. You know, the, you know. Well, this, candidly, this had both. Yeah, this had both. But, you know, um, they haven't um, changed Hazard the management pay. of the Child God. Protective Services agencies. Yeah, um, right. But they, mm-hmm. but, Kids are you know, dying. <laughs> but this looks bad. So let's, you know, let's, let's force this one out. But, you know, Sherry Cook and her upper management blew this one. And 
they got flushed out. That's what through you know. underlings under the plane. I mean, she good one, right? I mean, <laughs> no, 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 no. But seriously, <laughs> she. I mean, they. You know, they would ask Sarah Davis would ask her specific questions. Who did the hearing. flyer? It was like that lady over oh, there. Oh, I didn't know about it. Like you right. know, the right hand didn't know what the left hand was doing. They didn't sound like law enforcement people, did they? No, which is funny because they were getting they were quote unquote paid. hazard duty pay while they were at right, conferences being, in Hawaii. For being also, licensed she's, peace officers. She's right? carrying an Uzi or whatever. I mean, the, uh, <laughs> Bushmaster or something right, like that. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was crazy, and and. You know, sort of. It sounds like it ended like it should. Don't have get ended. on the wrong side of Sarah Davis was the other message. Well, or every, I mean, they behaved in a way that their angels had to leave them. I mean, they didn't have anybody backing them up. There was nobody on their side at the end of this thing. From the deacon. From the deacon. By the way, when you decide to retire, I'm going to put out a statement ahead of time saying, "Thank you for resigning." Can I, can I put it out? Can I can I announce it right now? No, not yet. I'm, I'm dressed like this because I'm going to the airport. Right. Raise a few more million dollars and we can uh, talk. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, was it unusual for Governor Abbott to come out in sort of such a strong way? You know, we don't see statements this strong from him that often, particularly on individuals. I mean, see, you wouldn't want to be. It yeah. was basically his yeah. statement. And then he tweeted you know, they, about it from his personal right. account. They got to this clear point where, you know, really nobody was with them. You, they, it was indefensible behavior. And so, you know, the governor pulled the lever. But you, you had all those contracting issues at HJC and paid leave issues. Was he that vocal about those scandals and, and those sort of you know, government oversight issues? I don't remember him being... No, but he doesn't have to be. I mean, the le the oversight's legislative, and, you know, it's supposed to be, you know, that board overseeing it. Now, he appoints the board that's supposed to oversee it, mm -hmm. so, you know, might have some talking to going on there. Um, but the most of this is behavioral, it looks like, and not, you know, regulatory, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, it wasn't mm -hmm. so much the work of the agency... Although there was some of that, it was more the behavior of the officials in the agency, and they just couldn't stand any more of it. Now, it's worth noting that all the heat this is getting for these junkets and Hawaii trips, I mean, legislators take a hell of a lot of trips that bear a striking resemblance to these trips. Right. You know, Alec, the the trips to all these conferences. I mean, Troy Frazier was, like, legendary for going to every incredible energy conference in, like, Canada and Hawaii and all over the place. Especially the ones next to golf courses. Definitely. And these guys often use taxpayer dollars to get there or drain their campaign accounts on these trips. So, I mean, I, I do think that lawmakers need to be a little careful when they are, you know, the firing squad on this particular issue. It's the Casablanca gambling scene. I'm shocked, shocked to find this going on. <laughs> right. And the question's like, and did you bring your spouse on this trip? And everyone's sort of like, oh, you brought your spouse? You know, well, I mean, the legislators yeah, all don't bring spouse on yeah, this trip. Right. To AC, you know. I remember looking into, you know, uh, looking at all of the sort of receipts from Rodney Ellis attending one big conference where his wife was getting you know, massage appointments. Yeah. And this is all on their own dime, obviously, you know, but they certainly bring their spouses along. Kind of on their own. So I remember one. Kind of. Yeah. One, one, one conversation in this hearing I thought was interesting time. was guy who was invited to speak or was invited to go to the conference. Let me say I don't know if he's speaking. And he said, okay, I'm going to go to the conference, so I'm going to use the opportunity to go to the conference to butt up against the time I'd be at the conference a vacation with my family. So he priced out the – as he described it to the committee, presuming this is true, he priced out the plane ticket that it would cost – to lowest cost plane ticket to go to and from California. And he re got reimbursed for the cost of that plane ticket. But instead of flying – 
he and his family drove and they made it a trip and he worked when he was there at the conference did did that and then the rest of the time was vacation and so he only got paid apparently for the time he was working and he got reimbursed for what the plane ticket would have been had he simply flown there and flown back mm. and i always remember thinking during this hearing i was like god this is so co- this is like every conversation that ever happens at, at a company about what's expense appropriate account, right. expense yeah, right. account stuff. Mm-hmm. I did think that it was funny though when Sarah Davis was asking okay so you went to the one in Hawaii you went to the one in Coral Gables Florida and how come you skipped that one in St. Louis <laughs> you, know, you didn't like want to go to that one in <laughs> Council go to, Bluffs go to, go to Iowa Cardinals, exactly uh, not yeah. this year though yep. they're coming the, around to your point though the difference is that our expense accounts aren't funded by Public taxpayers. dollars, I completely understand. No, but donor dollars. I mean, you know, it's about being stewards of the money wherever it is. And so I think this just sort of smells bad, but I do think legislators need to be a little, a little a, careful. We do have a shredder, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> in, it's in Ross's office. Got to ruin some, got to ruin some Yeah, records. all day long, Ross's office, there's some humming going on. Minor league baseball yeah. tickets. He's, he's, he does when he closes he's the door. shredding. Uh, we'll wrap this up with a question from Emmanuel on Facebook. Uh, we'll start with Manny you, Garcia? Evan. Maybe. Any thoughts on the... Uh, on the Isn't the Lyceum poll awesome, question mark? <laughs> Any thoughts on last night's uh, special election in Georgia and the possible implications for Texas races? in 18? Well, look, I, th- I think that the Democrats are perfectly fine to say, OMG, look how close we came to winning. But at the end of the day, that and 75 cents going to get you Coke. In fact, he didn't get above 50%. He now gets into a runoff. This Ossoff fellow gets into a runoff. And you have to believe that his chances of winning the runoff are less rather than Run- more. Runoffs in Georgia, like runoffs in Texas, go red. Low turnout. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Low turnout, and it's the most emphatic voters. You know, it, you know, it's a good sign for Democrats, and it illustrates really their greatest hope for 2018, which is that Trump will be unpopular enough right. to overcome, you know, some of the redness of the state, and that in marginal districts or districts that are, you know, five or six point races, there Culver aren't many of them, sessions. but there, there are a few of them. Well, well so speci- but specifically at that point, so this was a district in which Tom Price, who previously had the seat and went into the cabinet, had won by 26 points. Trump only won the district by 1.5 percent over Clinton. Right. The Culberson, Sessions, and Heard districts are mm-hmm. all districts that Trump won. No, that uh, no. They, Republican candidates for Congress won, the incumbents won, but Clinton won. Right. Right. And so if I'm if you're asking from the perspective of Democrats, can they take anything away from the Ossoff thing? The Ossoff race and the Kansas race, the Kansas race, the Democrat lost. The Ossoff race, let's assume the Republican wins in the runoff. Hasn't happened yet, but it could. Nonetheless, the Democrats ran about 20 points ahead of Trump. Right. If you translate that to the Texas races, then Sessions, Culberson, and Heard, if that enthusiasm level among Democrats is that much higher, two things happen on the front end and the back end. The front end is Democrats have a better chance of recruiting real candidates as opposed to cardboard cutouts. I saw today in the Dallas Morning News. You're saying there might be a chance, right? Well, I I saw today in the Dallas Morning News that a former NFL player, a a, a former player for the Tennessee Titans who then went into the HUD cabinet, lives in Dallas, Colin something, Ahern or something, (laughs) has announced as a Democrat against Sessions. And Miguel Miguel Solis, who is the Dallas Independent School District board member who was considering a run, announced that he was not running. The presumption is that the quality of candidate in those races, which has not been super high, is mm-hmm. going to get higher if the Democrats think they have a shot. That's the front end. The back end is maybe those are winnable races for the Democrats if the level of enthusiasm in those races is comparable to what it is in the specials. We just don't, don't know yet. 
All right, well, that's all the time we have. If you have questions or comments, you can email them to tribcast at texastribune.org. And if you value the Tribune's nonprofit, nonpartisan newsroom, please consider making a donation during our spring member drive, which starts, Evan? Yesterday. Yesterday. Uh, Thursday the <laughs> Thursday. 20th. Thursday. <laughs> which, Good. by the way, Great what else is Thursday people. the 20th? What did you say, Evan? What else is, is April 20th? Uh, ben and Jerry's Baked Goods. A great day for people. Four twenty. Like it's Evans. Husband. People. This, the first question. The first question you had. Marijuana chances. Right. Yeah. yeah. Hello. Anything else? Nothing. Evan's Hitler, birthday. Hitler's so birthday. I guess it's Evan's birthday. Jody Labenberg's birthday. Hitler and Evan's birthday. Fishing. Carmen Electra. Fishing contest from the CEO's office. Crispin Glover. Didn't we learn from Sean Spicer? Well we're never that, supposed to talk about Hitler. I'm worried that Bobby's going to give me a kick like Colin uh, Crispin Glover actually at some point. He's going to give you a kick because he would like us to end this trip <laughs> Thanks to Shining Herbs for doing our music and on behalf of Evan, Ross, Alexa and our producers Todd and Bobby, this is Emily. Thanks for listening. It's also Jessica Langsburg. Texas talking. Texas talking. Texas talking. I started with a disclaimer. I am an idiot. This is not something that anybody needs to be told. I know this to be true.